All right, good to be in God's house this morning. Amen. I'm telling you, my uh, soul has been challenged. And I don't see how you could listen until what we've heard this morning and and not be moved. Well, I, I do know you got to be pretty cold. Amen. And, um, and both of these men of God have said things that uh, every year we take one to two trips, uh, pretty lengthy trips out west to help missionaries, church planters. And uh, the year before last, we were on our way back. Brother Saunders, my wife, as I would drive, we'd find a town and she would start, you know, it's, it's the day we live. We Google everything. And she'd look for churches. Uh, and I mean, road sign after road sign after road sign, no churches, no church. There were even a couple times we got off the interstate and drove through little communities. And uh, maybe, maybe a Catholic church that was dilapidated and closed down. And, uh, and I said, you cannot, you cannot genuinely look at this nation and not see a need. Amen. And, uh, and I'm thankful. I'm thankful for both the messages, both you men of God. Thank you for challenging my heart. And it is. Uh, what Brother Chamberlain said, it is very easy to get in our niche and rest in our comfort. Amen. Amen. That's just the fact of the matter. Amen. Uh, take your Bibles uh, this morning, if you would, go to the book of Psalm, chapter number 43. Psalm, chapter number 43. I, I am going to preach something this morning that is really going to be um, a polar opposite of what you've heard thus far. But I've really, really, this morning, I went to bed late with this on my mind. I got up early with this on my mind. I tried to even just in devotion and reading this morning, tried to get it off my mind. And I can't. And I, I just feel like this is what the Lord would have. And I want to say to all you missionaries and you missionary families, thank you for what you do. Thank you for your willingness and let's just be honest, the reason why you have your field is because there's not a long line of people wanting to go there. And thank you for what you do. And, uh, and I want to say this uh, to you preacher's wives, thank you for the sacrifices you make. Amen. Amen. Uh, us men, we operate on a calling. They operate on a choice. They choose to stand with us and be with us. And I'm thankful. I am thankful uh, for uh, preacher's wives that are willing to go. And then I want to say to you, those of you that may be here and, and you, you may be a preacher or missionary's kid, thank you for what you do. Amen. Amen. I want to tell you something. You'll never, you'll never hear me get up. Now, you'll hear me preach hard to young people, but you won't never hear me get up and, and beat them up and degrade them and run them down. Because I want to say this. Uh, preacher's kids have a pressure they live under that a lot of people don't know anything about. Amen. Amen. I want to say something. I don't have no sad songs to sing about the ministry. But, but when you fulfill the call of God in your life, there's a weight that goes along with that. And whenever you stand, and, and, and I be, I, I, it's been this way with my three kids, they always wanted to be where I was because I was paying the bills. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's where they could live for free, eat for free, and get all the stuff they wanted. Amen. That's, just, that, that, that's where they were. And can I say this? But I've watched them through the years. I've watched the pressures that they've lived under and dealt with. Can I say something? I have grown children now. My last child is fixing to get married in less than 20 days. And I've watched my grown children step out into their lives and, and take some of the, the burdens and the heavinesses from the ministry living in my house uh, that they still had to process and deal with. Right. Amen. Yeah, 
uh, God helped me this morning. I, 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 and I don't want to add to that weight. I want to do everything I can to help alleviate that weight. But I'm going to say this. There's a part of serving God that that's just going to have to be embraced. I mean, it's the day we live, and it's a part of it. Amen? It's a part of it. Uh, I, uh, my youngest daughter fixing to marry a young man, and uh, he's a God-called preacher, loves God. And, and, and he, said, I, he, said, he said, it's in my heart to pastor. And, I mean, I sort of had a little sinking feeling because I've, I've done that. Amen? I've done, well, I don't know if that I pastored. I pestered. Amen? <laughs> I, I was much better pestering than pastoring. And, uh, but anyhow, but I know a little of the responsibilities that go along with that. And, and, and the, the statement Brother Chamberlain made, and this is what he said to me, and, and, and it was refreshing to hear that. He said, but we don't need pastors around here. He said, he said we got churches on every corner. And I heard that. I, I, that caught my ear. And, and I hadn't said nothing to my wife because when I heard that, I thought, oh, they may want to move far away. Oh, 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 can I tell you something? I, 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 know, I know preachers right now that have purposely, um, can I say, I guess I'm going to say it this way, missed opportunities because they weren't willing to leave. And, and, and I don't say this, I'm not saying cut ties. That, that's a poor way to look at it. But be willing to relinquish close ties to fulfill the will of God. I mean, I've been in this, listen, I, I'm looking at 31 years of this. And I can take you and introduce you to men that had a good, I, I know a great call of God on their lives. But they're squandering their ministries now, doing nothing because they would not take that step. And can I say this? And, I, and that's the reason why I said what I said about pastors a while ago, because their wife wasn't willing to leave that comfort zone. I mean, I could introduce you to a man right now uh, that could walk into a church and preach to young people, and before he'd get done preaching, the altars would be full. God in, 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 put a touch on him to reach young people, and he was traveling all over this country. I'm talking as far as you can go every direction, and his wife said, I'm tired of this. We're not doing this no more. And now I can take you to a state and a town and a church and Every time you see him and every time I talk to him, he's defeated, he's discouraged, and he's struggling. Amen. Can I tell you something? I'm telling you, there's a need, but there's a price that goes along with it, too. Amen. I said all that. I took my time to say it. I know I did, but, I'll, I, but I'm telling you, there's a price to pay. And, and we're living in a day, the man of God just, he just preached it. We're living in a day where we want it easy. We want it easy. I mean, I want it easy. I mean, I, listen, we're, we're, we're so conditioned in the day in which we live. If it's hot, we make it cooler. If it's cool, we make it hotter. And I, I mean, we, we have it at the touch of our fingers. And so that has inclined us to be less prone to be uncomfortable. Amen. Anyhow. All right. Chapter number 43. Chapter number 43. The Bible said this in chapter number 43, verse number 1. The Bible said, Judge me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. O deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man, for thou art the God of my strength. Why dost thou cast me off? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? 
Oh, send out thy light and truth and let them lead me. Let them bring me into thy holy hill, into thy tabernacles. Then will I go unto the altar of God, unto God my exceeding joy. Yea, upon the harp will I praise thee, O God, my God. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me, hope in God? For I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. You'll find in chapter number 42 a synonymous statement that's made. In verse number 9, the psalmist makes this statement as he's writing to the chief musician. He said this, I will say unto God, my rock, why hast thou forgotten me? That's a pretty bad place to be when you look at the God of heaven and say, hey, you slipped up. Now, I'll be honest with you. My wife has said, well, I said this, and I'm like, oh, no, you didn't. And she said, oh, yes, I did. And so it's at that point I make a decision whether to be a a right man or to have a happy life. Amen. And she said, Stacy, I told you this. And what's bad is, is, I mean, she's like a, a, she'll go into detail. I told you that whenever you was doing that and you were there and that's what was said. And I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 you did say that. But can I say this? Could you imagine being in a place where you look in the face of God and said, you forgot me. He said, why hast thou forgotten me? And here it is. Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? I'm telling you, yesterday afternoon, last night, this morning, God has burdened my heart. And I want to preach to you out of, out of verse number 9. And I want to preach to you um, out of verse number 2 with those two thoughts. And I'm going to move through this very quick. But I want to say this. I want to preach to you this morning on the oppression of the enemy. Can I say something? And maybe I'm preaching to those that are in the ministry. I don't know who I'm preaching to. I just know what I'm preaching is what the Lord wants me to. And I want to say this. When you give and surrender your life, as we've heard these men talk about, and, 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 and I understand when we talk about surrender, but I guess if we were to use a correct biblical term, it would be submitting ourselves. Can I say this? I can force people to surrender. There's never been an army that won a battle, that lost a battle, that had to wave the white flag that was willing to, that that enjoyed waving that white flag. What is that? The white flag of surrender. And you were to ask that, uh, the captain, or you were to ask those shoulders, man, aren't you proud? Aren't you proud? No, it was a shameful thing. We were overpowered when we had to surrender. But for the child of God, it's not a it's not a, a life of surrender. And understand, I'm not going to quit singing "I surrender all" and all that kind of stuff. But but the fact is, is this: He longs for our submission. That's a willingness. That's a want and a willingness to submit ourselves. The psalmist in two of these chapters makes that synonymous statement. Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? That word oppression means this. It means to be in a place of distress or to be in a place of affliction or a place of heaviness. David is dealing with personal oppression in his life. Can I make this statement? And I want to say this to everybody that's listening to me. And when you step out and submit yourself to the will of God, Brother Chris, we've automatically at that point put ourselves in the 
crosshairs of the adversary. Can I say this? Satan is not going to take any spiritual advancement in our life. He is not going to ignore it. He's not going to say, oh, well, look what they're doing. I'll just let that go. No, he is going to set forth some kind of plan. He's going to set forth some kind of effort to do everything he can to hinder you from fulfilling the will of God that you have submitted yourself to. David come to a place and you'll look at these two chapters. I've not got time to deal with all of this. You'll look at these two chapters and you'll find it multiple times. Multiple times you find there was an inward battle going on. I want to say this right here. I wrestled between this and I wrestled between preaching a message that the Lord's recently given me on this thought on Satan's mission for the mind. Satan's mission is to bring your effectiveness to a place of no effectiveness. You say, how do you know David's dealing with this battle? Look what he said in verse number 4 of chapter number 42. He said, he said this, when I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. Verse number 6, he said, oh, uh, my God, my soul is cast down within me. Verse number 11, he said, why art thou cast down, O oh, my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Verse number 5 of chapter number 43, look what he said. Why art thou cast down, why art thou disquieted within me? Can I say something? David is dealing with a personal inward battle. I had a fellow tell me one time, and I don't know how you feel about it, and it doesn't really matter what we think, but it's a reality. We were talking, and I made the statement. And he was an older, seasoned man of God. And I, I kept my mouth shut. I didn't say anything after he made the statement. And I was talking about I'd been with a pastor, and, 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 I, and we spent days together. We visited together. Uh, we knocked doors. We went to nursing homes, and, and, and we did it together. And, and, and because there was, I, I was under such a burden, and, there was a, and he shared some things with me about the place where he's at. He was fighting discouragement. He was fighting depression. And I said, and I, and I said it just happened. We stayed together the whole week. I mean, the only time we were apart when I went to the motel uh, to get a shower and to get ready for church. And I mean, I, I said, that man, I was so concerned. Concerned. I said, I'm, and I left concerned for him. And there's an aged, seasoned man across the table. He said, well, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, what? He said, I've never been depressed. And that's exactly what I thought in my mind. He'll lie about other things too, amen? I didn't say it. He was, Brother Barker, the older man of God. I kept my mouth shut, and I kept that to myself. Can I tell you something? There's not a person breathing air that does not have an inward battle this morning. Can I say the only way you can be alive in this place and breathing and have no inward battle is because one of two things, you're either lost and without God or you're doing absolutely nothing for the cause of Christ. David is dealing with this oppression of the enemy. He's in a place of distress. He's in a place of despair. He's in a place of frustration and aggravation. Uh, prayers have not been answered maybe. Uh, situations have yielded outcomes that he did not ask for and he did not desire. Can I tell you something? One of the Satan's greatest lies is when we deal with adversity, he wants to plant that little seed inside of us that says, hey, you know what? If God really loved you, this wouldn't be happening if God really cared that wouldn't be happening 
you look at these two chapters, and I'm going to give you this quickly. In chapter number 42, verse 3, David talks about his tears. In chapter number 5, for the first time, he uses this statement, cast down. And can I say something? That does not carry an understanding of a stumble or a fall. That means being done at the hand of someone else. And what David is saying, he said, God, I feel like you've taken me and you've cast me down. Verse number 5, for, for the first time we see cast down. Verse number 5, for the first time we see disquieted. That word disquieted means to be in great commotion, uproar, or to be troubled. Second time in verse number 6 of chapter 42, we see the word cast down. Verse number 7, we see this statement, waves and billows have gone over me. That speaks of distress. But look what he said. He said, thy waves and thy billows. Verse number 9, he said, you've forgotten me. Verse number 9, he said, go out mourning. Verse number 10, he said, it's like a sword in my bones. Verse number 11, for the third time, cast down. Verse number 11, for the second time, disquieted. Chapter number 43, verse number 2, cast off. Verse number 2, mourning. Verse number 5, cast down. Verse number 5, disquieted. David is in a real bad place. Can I say something? I travel across this country and preach to people on a weekly basis that are fighting these kind of battles. Can I say something? And I'm just going to be very transparent here. I've got friends of mine, loved, lived, labored for the same God I do. And Brother Barnes, they got to a place of distress. And they got in a vehicle and they pulled down a back road. And they said, this is as far as I go. And ended their lives. Can I say something? I, I, I made this statement at church one time. Made a bunch of people mad and never got to go back. <laughs> Welcome to life. I said there's more people sitting on the pews of our churches that have contemplated and prepared, planned, thought out suicide than we want to admit. I've got statistics. I could read all that. I ain't got time for it. Can I say this? David deals and shows us his pain, his problem. And he talks about, in chapter number 43, he talks about his enemy. He said, uh, it's an ungodly nation. Can I say something? You're not going to live for God. And, and I'm going to say this, and, and, if we, and, and, I'm, and you guys, I'm, I'm not picking on it. I'm just going to, Brother Saunders and Brother Chamberlain, both these men that have stood before us today with ministries that God has blessed and God has honored, and, and God help if anybody was jealous it, 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 what those two men testified about, how foolish that would be. Uh, we're not on different teams. We're on the same team. Amen. But I want to say this. I haven't asked them, and they'll tell you I haven't asked them, but I can guarantee you right now, I can guarantee you that there has not gone with all those victories great oppression and obstacles. And can I say something? Uh, you young people, you, you, sometimes you see men and you understand, you say, man, man, man that's just got that's to be so easy. It's not easy. And I want to say something. It's not a battle of me trying to live right and do right. That's not where the battle's at. Can I say something, Brother Barker? You and Miss Jan have influenced lives uh, across this country, uh, and, and, and only heaven will be able to reveal that. Uh, that man, that woman, uh, encouraged and helped me as a young preacher years ago in churches in, in Tennessee. 
And, and when I knew they were coming, I was so excited. And, and the first thing I said to him, I said, I, I said, last time I heard you, told him where and heard her sing. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, I saw videos of her singing on the Internet. And what you think about it doesn't matter, Facebook. Thank God there was something decent to watch. Miss Jan, I don't even remember where you were at. I don't even know where you were at. But anyhow, you sung a song, and it was just what I needed. And I sat and, I sat and watched it over and over and over and over. Can I say something? You don't have a ministry like that that you've not dealt with obstacles, and you've not dealt with oppression. Oh, I want a ministry like Brother Gravely, some young pastor would say. We'll pay the price. It's not going to be handed over. It'll be fought for. David's trying to be God's man. He's trying to do God's will. Yes, he had his faults. Yes, he made his bad choices. But he's trying to do what's right. And he's looking toward heaven. And can I say, and I don't want to mess nobody's theology up, but I've heard these first three verses of chapter number 42 years and years and years of my life as revival verses. As the heart panteth after the water brooks. That's what we need. That's revival verses. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before him? But look what he said. He's not talking about revival. Look what he said. The reason why this thirst and the reason why he's panting is because of what he said in verse number three. He said, my tears had been my meat day and night while they continually say unto me where is thy God where is he if he loved you you wouldn't be hurting like this I'm telling you if you if God really loved you you wouldn't be laid up in the hospital sick like this I've heard that stuff you say was it an audible voice no much louder and there are people and the ministers of God. Brother Sam, you're in a place where you've given your life to serve God. And there'll be choices along the way. You're going to have to make a decision where I'm going to do this for God, whether I'm going to do it for me, or whether I'm going to do it for men. And if you do make the right choice and you say, I'm going to do what I do for God. God, we talked about this last night. I'm going to give my talents to God. I'm not going to give them to the stage of the world to be propagated and abused and, and used and tempered. I'm going to give everything I've got to God. I'm going to humble myself before God. I'm going to let God be glorified through my life. Then you've put yourself in a place where the, where the Satan has raised his sights towards you. So much I can say. Can I say something? If we're not careful and we succumb to our oppression, it's going to do three things. Number one, it's going to hinder God's will. Can I say something? The will of God, fulfilling the will of God, will not come without opposition. Amen. Not only will it hinder God's will, it's going to hinder God's work. And I want to make a statement here. You cannot serve him when you're thinking about you. I didn't write it in this Bible. I wrote it in my other Bible. I'm, in the, I'm, in, I'm between two Bibles right now. I'm transitioning. And I feel bipolar. The other day, Emma Grace asked me, she said, what Bible are you using tonight? And I thought, what does it matter? And I said, uh, my red one. She said, that's not good. I said, what do you mean it's not good? She said, well, if you use the black one, it's something I've probably heard before. She said, but the red one, that's new stuff. Yeah. Preacher's kid. Might as well as laugh. Y'all got, y'all got them too. Some of y'all got them too. And she said, normally the new stuff's a lot rougher than that other stuff was. 
<laughs> well, old wise theologian, thank you for your assumptions, amen. David in the midst of this, he's cried and he's cried and he's cried. And he's, he kept, and can I just be honest? He's pointed his finger in the face of God. Yeah. And he said, you forgot me. You've cast me off. You've cast me down. And he said, the depths of my soul is just saying, where is he, God? Where is he at? And, 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 I, and I, this morning as I looked at these places, and I, and I saw, he said, this battle is in me. It's in me. Can I say something? In those first three verses, uh, when, he, when he cries out, where is thy God? David was not crying for revival. He was crying for relief. And can I say something, Brother Barnes? You know, we're good at making everybody think everything's okay. But sometimes it's not. And sometimes in the depths of my earnest desire to be faithful, I don't need revival. I just need a little relief. I'll be honest with you, I could sit and tell you ten things right quickly off the top of my head. Situations that I need God to do something because I've tried and they're no better. I got situations, I got family that I love, they're... And, man, I want to fix things, and I want to do things, and I can't. And can I say something? Whenever we, and our, when we have to face our inadequacies, we are very prone that when we have to evaluate our inadequacies, we don't always respond real well to that. I've seen times, I've seen times when I've went in, and my wife was hurt and she was wounded and she was broken, whether it was personal, whether it was family, whether it was children, no matter what it would be. And I felt so helpless. And can I say something on the flip side? She's come in. She's come in. And, and, and I, I, I'd be upstairs and, and I hear her coming up the stairs. And so I'm trying to wipe the tears and get it together and pull it all together because I'm the man of the house and I got to have it together. I don't need to be falling apart on her. She's the woman. She's supposed to fall apart on me. And Brother Barnes, I don't get the tears wiped quick enough. The eyes are swelled and red. And she says, Stacy, what's wrong? And I said, I'm sorry. I got home from the hospital this last time. I, I couldn't even sleep in the bed. I couldn't even sleep laying down. I had, we had to put a recliner in our bedroom, and I was sleeping right next to the bed. Right, There's a little table between us. And anyhow, I got up. She said, what are you getting up for? And I said, I just got to get up. I got up, and I got over, Brother Chris, I got down beside the bed. She said, what are you doing? She said, don't get down there. She said, you'll never get up. That was code for don't get up, don't get down there, because I'll have to help you up. My, 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 all of my internal organs from, from right under my rib cage to my waist, well, I, there was pooled blood inside of me. I couldn't hardly move. And Brother Gravely, I got down on my knees face to face and I said, I'm sorry. She said, what are you sorry for? I said, I'm sorry that for the last 15 years you've had to take care of me like I was one of your children. And she looked at me, she said, get up. <laughs> and I thought I would if I could, but I can't. No, I, I wasn't even going to ask for help then. I thought, bless God, I will get up one way or the other, or I'll rot right here is what I thought, amen. Sorry. 
filter came down, truth came out. And I got five minutes. And I said, I'm sorry. She said, she said, don't apologize. And my wife looked at me, and this is what she said. She said, you'd do it for me. And Brother Barnes, she didn't say, would you do it for me? But it was already settled. She said, if it had been me, Stacy, you'd done it for me. And I said, you're right, I would. Can I say something? There's going to be days when the oppression, call it oppression, call it depression, call it discouragement, call it whatever, it's going to be very real and it's going to be very heavy. Can I tell you something? Answered prayers, things you want from God, they don't come. Or things sometimes, let me just go ahead and say this, sometimes things you think God's going to give you, all of a sudden it changes and he takes them away. Prayers you thought, surely God would answer. He's not answered. And David finds himself in this very desperate place. But he shows us four things how he deals with his oppression. I'm going to give you these right quick. I'm finished. Number one, in chapter number 43, verses 3 and 4, I want to look at these right quick. And I want to say this. Number one, look what he said. He said... Uh, he said, I'm mourning because of the oppression. And he's telling God this. He's done told God, I'm dealing with a deceitful and an unjust, uh, an ungodly nation, deceitful and unjust man. He said, for thou art the God of my strength. He said, the only reason I'm making it is because of you. And he said, you've cast me off. He said, I'm mourning because of the oppression of the enemy that's on me. In two verses, he shows us four things, how he deals with his oppression. Number one, look what he said. He said, send out thy light and truth. Let them lead me. Number one, David deals with his oppression this way. He deals with it through the well of the word of God. Oh, honestly, I know it's going to be simple. You might have been looking for something real profound. It ain't going to be. Can I, can I, can I say this? And, and you don't have to turn there. I, I'm going to read them to you. you. You know Psalms 119. That's the, that's the, the, verse, the chapter of the, of the Psalms that's the longest that deals with the word of God. Look what he said in verse number 28 of Psalms 119, or verse number 25. He said, my soul cleaveth unto the dust. That's a pretty low place. He said, my soul cleaveth unto the dust. Quicken thou me. Help me up. Get me up. Let me feel that life again. Do it, but you'll have to do it through your word. He said, my soul melteth for heaviness. Strengthen thou me according to thy word. Look what he said. Look what he said in verse number 50. In verse number 50, he makes this statement. This is my comfort in my affliction. For thy word hath quickened me. And I could go on and on and on through this chapter. David, how are you dealing with this oppression? This is how I'm dealing with it. Send out thy light and truth. But this is what he said. He said, you send me your word, and then I'm going to have to submit myself and allow it to lead me. I want to make a statement right here. I don't know how bad your situation is, but if you refuse to ignore the resource that God has given us in his word, then you don't need to whine about not having no help. You say, that's hard. It is hard. Because you know why it's so hard? Because the Holy Ghost got up in my face one day and said, I'll give you a Bible to help you. I'll probably lose favor right here, but in some of my dark days, Brother Noah, in some of those hard times, there's been days, oh, I had that Bible on the table where I could see it, but I didn't pick it up. 
Can I, can I make a statement right here? I, I, Lord help, I, ooh, ooh. please, please, please love me after I make this statement. I reached for a pain pill bottle a lot more than I did my Bible. I looked for what was a quick fix. You say, I don't know nothing about that. You ought to thank God for it. I got to hurry. Number two. He said, send out thy light and truth. Let me. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feast on the well of the word. Number two, look what he said. He said this right here. He said, let them bring me into thy holy hill and to thy tabernacles. Number one, he feasted on the well of the word. Number two, we find that he focused on fellowship with his father. He said, I'm just going to get with God. and I'm not going to worry about anybody else. He said, I'm just going to get with God. He, and you say, preacher, what are you saying? He said this. He said, he's got what I need. Can I tell you something? I thank God for friends. Preacher, I know you. I know I've texted you before. I, I text you almost every week. And I'll, sometimes I'll say, will you pray about this? Will you pray about this? Will you pray about this? I have no doubt in my mind that he bows his head and prays. I've got other friends that do the same thing. But can I tell you something? Sometimes there is a satisfaction or there is, there is a help that comes just because me and the Lord get together. See, that's why the Bible said this. He said, draw nigh to God, he'll draw nigh to you. Amen. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. He shall lift you up. Fellowship with the Father. Number one, the well of the word. Number three, look what he said in verse number four. He said, then will I go unto the altar of God. Unto God might see joy, and that's going to hurt. Then I found this. David deals with his oppression. Not only through that uh, focuses on fellowship with the Father, and he deals uh, with that well of the word of God, but then David focuses on this, on the sweetness of sacrifice. Can I make a statement right here? What's God trying to get out of you that'll make a better you? Can I say something? I, I know great men that could be greater men if they would quit identifying their greatness. Can I make a statement right here? We are our own worst enemies. Look what he said in verse number four. He said, then will I go into the altar of God unto God my exceeding joy. He said this. He said, God, I'm going to have to give something up. He said, but it's going to be a joy to do it. He said, God, it's probably going to hurt. And it's probably going to be painful. But it'll be a joy to do it for you. These, these people that I've pointed out this morning, the sacrifices they've made have hurt. They, they've been great. And, 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 and real people that have made real sacrifices never sit around and talk about what their sacrifices are. But you mark it down, they're there. But you know what we don't see? We don't see the sacrifices. But, but Brother Barker, I, I, watched you, I watched your wife sing tonight, and I watched you preach just like you've always preached with joy. I, Sister Barker was, was, was singing, and man, she was smiling, and she was singing, and then he gets up and preaches, I mean, like he's 15 again, and I mean, and I mean it's just, and there's joy. I mean, there's happiness. And, and I didn't hear that these two men preach this morning about the sacrifices and the work and the labor that I felt like, man, they're so, they're so depressed and discouraged because of what they've had to do. But no, they're boasting.
and in the goodness of God. It's been a joy. But the only reason that joy is there because they were willing to make a sacrifice. I could talk. I could talk. Last thing. Last thing. And he said this. He said this. He said, uh, then will I go into the altar of God and to God my exceeding joy. Last thing he says, last two lines of that. He said, yea, upon the harp will I praise thee, O God, my God. Not only does it do through the well of the word and not only through the, the focus on fellowship with the Father, the sweetness of sacrifice, but then you know how he deals, you know how he deals with his oppression? He deals with it through the privilege of praise. He said, I'm just going to go ahead and thank God because he's good. Uh, the Bible said this. He said, he said, he said, he said, you know what? Things ain't good right now. Somebody get me a harp. Somebody get me a harp. Get me a harp. Amen. Find me a harp somewhere. David, you're oppressed. I mean, you're cast down. You're cast off. You're mourning. I'm all this stuff. And you're looking for a harp? Yeah. Why, David? Because I've got a song to sing. It's a song called Faithful, Faithful, Faithful. We heard it a while ago. That's just like Jesus. Amen. Look what he said. He said this in the Psalms. You'll see it. I've not got time to deal with all these. But in Psalms 42 and 43, David resorted to praise in dealing with his oppression of the enemy. Can I say this? One bad day being saved is better than a hundred good days being lost. You say, preacher, surely all of this has taken place. Surely th things are better. Lord, look what David's done. He's gone to the tabernacle. He's sacrificed. I, I mean, he's had light and truth. I mean, he's, he's praising God. He's got his harp. He's singing, and he's talking about how great God is. Surely things are better. Verse 5. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Can I say something? David's temporal did not change. See, we've got this mixed up mentality that if God's blessing us, our, our, our temporal changes. But what if it doesn't change? What if God, can I just get personal? What if God don't take your kidney stones away? I ain't been ugly. I've met a few people I'd have gladly gave them, given them to. Amen. Especially those that look at me and say, oh, that's no big deal. I thought two things just happened right there. I almost said something I shouldn't have said. And I almost, I almost throat punched you right there in Jesus. That's no big deal. That's no big deal. I looked at one fellow one time. He came to me and said, man, I had a kidney stone the other day. He said it was one millimeter. He said, Lord, have mercy. He said, how many have you had? I said, 340. He said, oh, I'm so, act, act like I never said a word. And I thought I'd done had. <laughs> David, is it better? Is things better? No, look what he said. Why art thou disquieted? Oh, my soul, why art thou disquieted within me? Why are you cast down? But this is what David did. After, after verse 3 and 4, David had something here that he didn't have before. What is it, preacher? Hope in God. He said, for I shall yet, what? Praise him. Who is the health of my countenance, my God. Father, I love you. And God, I know there's people in the sound of my voice that are struggling. God, we paint our smiles on. God, we act like everything's okay. But God, there are people in the sound of my voice that are dealing with the oppression. The enemy's trying to take them out, trying to take them down. God, he's trying to discourage them, defeat them. But God, I pray in Jesus' name this morning, the Holy Ghost would speak real personal in a way only he can. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. The altars are open. Stand to your feet. I want to say this. be a foolish thing this morning. Everything we've heard, and for you to say, well, I wonder who that was for. It's for you. 
Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I'm going to do this. I don't, I, don't, I don't ever do this. I don't ever do this, but I feel like I get really impressed this morning. Nobody looking. Pastor, he's the pastor. He's got the right to look, but please, nobody else look this morning. Somebody in this place may say, Brother Stacy, thank you for what you said. Brother Stacy, I'm fighting that oppression. I'm defeated. I'm discouraged. I've got family that's defeated and discouraged. We're fighting battles nobody knows. We've kept it quiet. Nobody knows. Brother Stacy, would you please just pray for me? Slip your hand up. Pull it right back down. One, two, three, four, five, six. Seven, eight, nine. Anybody else? Just pull it. Ten. Pull it. Thank you. Eleven. Somebody else. Nobody's looking. Twelve. Thirteen. Somebody else. Fourteen. Thank you. Somebody else. Brother Stacy, please just pray for me. I'm there. Would you please pray for me? Thank you. Bless your heart. Can I tell you something? If I could tell you everybody in here and show them to you. It's been from the youngest to the oldest. It's been from people with a suit and tie on a Bible under their arm. Because the fact of the matter is, is this. When you do his work and his will, you've got an enemy that fights you. Now this will be the foolish thing to sit there and act like God didn't speak. You ought to get in this altar this morning and just say, God, I'm there. And I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm just going to go ahead and praise you. And I'm going to thank you. I may not understand it. I may not see the end of it. I may not even know the solution. But I know this. You do. You're my God. You have favored me. You have loved me. You've provided for me. And you are not going to leave me. Father, in Jesus' name, to every hand that went up and those that should have, would you begin to grant and work Let your truth take its place. God, I pray for men and women that are under a heavy load. God, the thoughts that are swirling through their mind, will you not give them victory over those? God, will you not help them see that they can confess those? And God, you'll forgive us. Thank God, thank God you forgive us for some of the thoughts that go through our minds. And God, you'll strengthen and you'll reinstate and you'll help. God, you'll grant comfort. You'll grant peace. You'll give direction. But God, it will not come until we look toward heaven and say, God, I've exhausted me. I need you. God, I pray over the men of God under the sound of my voice. Your men, your, 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 your preachers, I pray over them. God, the battles they fight in their mind. God, preachers' wives and preachers' kids. God, the battles that they're fighting, the pull of this world, the pull of the flesh, the pull of the adversary, I pray you'd strengthen them against that. I pray under the sound of my voice, listen, or maybe somebody that will listen. God, maybe some dear lady has thought something. She's battling. Somebody's, some man's dealing with something physically. and Satan's discouraging and defeating them. Grant them victory. God, I pray against the strongholds that he's raised up. I pray, God, the Holy Ghost will tear down those strongholds. God, if there were, peradventure, somebody under the sound of my voice, God, that has had that thought, they have entertained that thought of taking their life. They have entertained that thought of walking away because if I walk away, I can leave it behind and the problem won't be there. But that's a lie of the adversary. God, you help them, you strengthen them. God, those that are weary in mind. God, I pray you give them great peace. God, help them to stay their mind upon you. God, help them to have that victory and know that victory. Dear God, I pray over these teenagers and young people. God, Satan wants them and he'll start in their minds. God, help them, equip them, strengthen them in their minds. God, I pray in Jesus' name, God, for the men of God, their wives, their families, these missionaries, these church planners, 
God, I pray in Jesus' name you'll help them. God, God, I know. God, I know, I know, I know, I know I didn't miss it. God, I pray somebody's way closer to the edge than they need to be. God, I pray that you help walk them back. God, I pray you'd give them victory to go another mile. Hand out another track. Drive another mile. Preach another message. Love another sinner. I ask it in Jesus' name. Thank you.